The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs, offering players a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and search the whole wide variety of free contests and an opportunity to win cash prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network for Monday, June 7th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you as we are ready to break down this Monday card. Uh, Jimmy was expected to be back with us today, as he usually is on Monday, but traveling, getting ready for Islanders-Bruins game uh, five tonight at the Garden. So uh, he'll be back with us uh, tomorrow uh, on the show. Uh, Looking forward to having Jimmy back. Uh, Speaking of the Bruins, we will talk Bruins-Islanders Game 5, pivotal Game 5 in what has been a back-and-forth series, 2-2 in that series as we get ready for a Game 5 at the Garden tonight uh, in Boston. And then, of course, we've got elimination night potentially uh, for the Montreal Canadiens over the Winnipeg Jets with Montreal looking to finish off a four-game sweep uh, over uh, the Winnipeg Jets tonight, game four of that series. We'll get to those in just a second. But before we do that, as we always do at the beginning, actually, before we get to yesterday's games and talk about them a little bit, uh, announcement, uh, next BetCast for the Ice Guys will be Thursday uh, this week. We had one last Thursday. We're going to stick to Thursday again uh, this week uh, for our next BetCast here with the Ice Guys. Uh, we will have one game for sure on Thursday night. Uh, which will be Vegas and Colorado game six. It'll be an elimination game in that series. So either the Avs or the Golden Knights will be facing elimination Thursday night. So, and it's been, you know, one of the best series in the second round for sure. Uh, the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. So we're looking forward to being on the air live for a Thursday night betcast during that game. We might also have Carolina Tampa Bay a uh, game six if the Hurricanes can extend this series and win game five. So uh, we will be with you for a BetCast again Thursday night. Time to be determined because we don't know uh, when the game schedules uh, in terms of the time start times will be for Thursday. Uh, But we know we'll have Colorado Vegas at T-Mobile Arena for sure. Game six Thursday night. And 
like I say, this if there's one game and one series, I'm excited about being on the air to do a bet cast. It's that series. It's been exciting. Pace has been good. And certainly we've seen a turn of the momentum as we will get to in just a second. But we'll start with last night's Montreal-Winnipeg game. Look, just more dominance, Alex, by the Montreal Canadiens, controlling the game, controlling the play. And if you look at expected goal margins at both five-on-five five and overall for the entirety of each of the first three games in this series – it is Montreal statistically dominating in all of those categories. And we're talking at at five on five, if you take out the power plays, they are still about a goal or even a little bit more than that per game better expected goal margin than Winnipeg uh, in this series. So it just tells you that Montreal is completely choked off the Jets offense. They can't get uh, much going. They didn't really have much sustained zone time in that game yesterday uh, that they ended up losing five to one uh, in, uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. It felt like those two crossbars in the second period, you know, Blake Wheeler hit a crossbar uh, in that second period. Connor did as well. And then after that, Montreal made it two nothing. And that really was a backbreaker for Winnipeg. And if that wasn't the uh, backbreaker right then and there, you had the Yoel Armia shorthanded goal to make it three nothing. Uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, and that truly took the wind out of the sails of the Jets. And look, Montreal, has this is definitely one of those series where who has who's gotten to their game quicker, who has played their game, executed their game plan better in this series? Montreal. Simple as that. It's not even an argument, not even a debate in that regard. They have resorted to this, you know, defense first, let Carey Price make the saves, and we capitalized when we have the opportunity that's exactly been the difference in this series. And look, they need more from their top players. You know, it's been a tough series offensively for Blake Wheeler. It's been a tough series offensively for Kyle Connor, even uh, for the most part for the Jets. Pierre-Luc Dubois can't even get started on him. He's doing absolutely bupkis out there. Nothing for the Winnipeg Jets. And yet I still see him being put maybe on a top line tonight for this Jets team. Like they are beside themselves. And look, I like Paul Maurice. He's a good guy. He's one of the better coaches to listen to. After a game, he gives you a lot of material in his post-game responses to the questions he's asked. But my gosh, how much more can you go up forward with this guy in a top six forward role doing nothing for you? Nothing. All right. Is he even getting some opportunities on net uh, in this series? He's not. And yet we're still trotting him out there in a top six forward role. And I know the people in Winnipeg that cover this team, they're, 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 they're scratching their damn head. They're saying, what, is, what more can he be doing worse to warrant maybe being slid down the lineup a little bit? You know, their best center in this series has been Adam Lowry, you know, and, and that's a guy that deserves more playing time, you know, because he's chipping in goals. He's showing up for you a little uh, in this series for the Winnipeg Jets, one of the few. And yet Pierre-Luc Dubois, just they keep force feeding, big ice time, big responsibility, big minutes and top six uh, role for him when really he's not – producing at that to, to warrant that role right now so that that's an issue you know Connor Hellebuck there's not much he can do could he play a little bit better than he has I think so but can't hold this at the uh and uh, can't hold Connor Hellebuck to blame you know for what's gone on uh in this series and I think one of the biggest issues too Alex is they just can't get their offense started in terms of moving the puck and transitioning getting the, the, the rush started their blue line can't is not doing a good first pass their zone exits uh, that have been brutal in this series. Terrible. 
Like the, the exits out of their zone, they're not getting any clean exits out of the zone that can't start the rush. Montreal's in on them constantly when they're trying to move the puck up the ice from their own zone to the point now where, look, they are in a conundrum right now, Winnipeg, with this young kid who is a healthy scratch right now, hasn't played in this series. He's 20 years old. He's going to be a very good blue liner for them, Billy Hainala. And they are basically debating right now, Winnipeg, do we bring him into the lineup here for this must-win game five, game, uh, yeah, game four tonight, I should say. I, but the problem is if you bring him in and he plays more than a game, he's going to burn a, they're going to burn a year of his entry-level contract. That's apparently what they're concerned about, the Jets and Kevin Shevel day off. I don't know. What do you want to do, win and keep your season alive? Are you going to worry about the contract situation? I don't get it. What Vili Hainala can do, a good young 20-year-old Finnish defenseman, is move the puck. He is an ex- he's excels at being an elite puck mover on the blue line, and it's the exact thing that he the, the thing he does well is what this team needs right now. They need to get the puck up the ice, and they are not doing it smoothly or crisply with anybody right now. Nobody on that Jets blue line is getting the rush started or skating well or moving that puck, creating that good first pass. Vili Hainala has the characteristics of a defenseman that can fill all of those needs for you. And yet we may not even see him on the ice tonight or given a shot to play a game in this series. I don't get it. I I understand the entry level shit with the contract and you don't want to burn that first year. I get that, but good gosh, damn it. I mean, you're trying to win a playoff series, aren't you? You know, you're trying to win here. Uh, This guy can help you with what you're struggling with moving the puck. And he's great at it. Great skater, very fluid, great first pass and all that. And yet he may not even get a crack tonight to get into the lineup for the Winnipeg. And we're going to put Jordy Ben out there instead. I mean, you got to be kidding me. I mean, my goodness. I don't understand it. It's almost like, you know what, we wait, we're surrendering. The body language for some of these Jets players after the game was not good. Blake Wheeler as well, you know, barely looked at the camera when he was answering questions in the Zoom call. Uh, and that's the captain. You know, he's try, he's got to try to go out there and put on a brave face, and he didn't even look like he was comfortable doing that. So the body language ain't good. It seems like the Jets have resigned themselves to believing we can't win this series. Uh, and that's definitely trouble. And unfortunately, the stats bear that out, that Montreal has definitely been uh, the better team. And not just by a little bit of a margin, by a wide margin, especially last night. The lack of the Jets pushing back when they fell behind 3 nothing that was disheartening last night. That tells you maybe a little sense of a team maybe letting go of the rope a little bit. And really that belief that, hey, we're in this series, we can still win it. It's fading and potentially fading fast for the Jets. Uh, Alex, what were your thoughts from last night? Yeah, you know, we talked about it yesterday about how this Jets team needed to have a solid start to the to the game uh, in order to get their momentum rolling, and that was just not the case. Like I said, going down three nothing, I think all the air uh, you know came out of their sails at this point. And like I said, now uh, having to turn right back around twenty four hours later, I just don't see where they have the enthusiasm to try to to, to rally around and get a win here. I just don't, and especially uh, quotes I'm seeing from Montreal's uh, you know after the game with it, you know they know the the opportunity they have. They want to keep this momentum rolling. Someone mentioned in the chat, uh, Turnsy mentioned in the chat, actually, about a team, you know, being down 3-1 in the series and now rattling off, uh, you know, six straight wins. I, I, can't, I can't think of a time when this has ever happened. Uh, I know they're on pace to, you know, get to the top of the records for the, the longest streak of games in the playoffs without even trailing. Uh, they're, they're, I think they're ranked fourth all time in that. Two teams ahead of them, not really a great omen, the 92 Blackhawks and the 2013 uh, Boston Bruins, both teams that went on to lose in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but, I mean, hey, they're making a hell of a run after being, you know, uh, on the brink of elimination. 
and now all of a sudden, you know, push, putting the the foot down potentially on this Winnipeg team. And you got to wonder whether the Edmonton Oilers thinking watching this uh, and say, wow, you know, we got, you know, dispatched in four by this Jets team. And all of a sudden the Jets team that they played against has not shown up one bit uh, in three contests going on potentially four. So uh, it, it's just been a, a real interesting series. And, you know, I told everybody yesterday, try to grab that plus 140. Some people grabbed it as high as plus 180. They mentioned it to me on uh, Twitter about, you know, Montreal winning the series in four. You're in great position right now as opposed to laying 150. You got a plus 140 to plus 180 ticket uh, if you like Montreal to, to close this thing out tonight. Yeah, you do. Uh, exactly. And now you're seeing Montreal about minus 150 to minus 155 tonight, you know, as home favorites here in game four uh, as they look for the uh, four game uh, sweep. So tough sledding for Winnipeg. Uh, we'll get to a tonight's game specifically in just a bit. Uh, also last night, Vegas and Colorado. And look, you got to admit when you're wrong, you're wrong. And man, was I wrong. I mean, I thought Colorado, after getting a little bit of a, you know, let's be honest, a little bit of a calling out of the team from head coach Jared Bednar uh, after game three, that, hey, this was the time for Colorado to get to their game again. And just that's been the phrase. That's that's the buzz phrase in the playoffs from all the analysts. It's can you get to your game? Can you get to your game? Colorado didn't get to their game last night again. They didn't get to it. I mean, what, what, what do they have in shots after the first two periods? 15? Barely that? I mean, they have suddenly gone from just tap dancing all over Vegas in game one, albeit bad spot for Vegas, and early in game two to just being completely outplayed in the second and third of game two, pretty much all of game three, and now pretty much most of game four. They had the early goal from Brandon Sod. I thought, wow, just the start they needed. And that's about all she wrote for Colorado in terms of the positive, you know, the positive stuff that came from them in last night's game because it was pretty much Vegas tilting the ice once again from that point on. Uh, Colorado, they can't move the puck without someone from the Golden Knights being on them and hounding them. That's got to change at, at this point in time. I don't know how they change it. I don't know what strategically and tactically Jared Bednar can do to change it, but that's what's got to change. They can't. It's like someone that's breathing right down their neck as soon as someone from the Colorado side gets the puck and they can't make a play with it. You know, there's someone right there on them, checking them, getting a stick in the way. They can't make any passes tape to tape. When they get a chance in the offensive zone, it's one shot and an immediate clear by Vegas. They are not getting that rolling in waves for check pressure in the offensive zone at all right now, Colorado. Where's it gone? This is this is hard to fathom. They have basically dominated teams for weeks, going on months, playing the exact same way that the Vegas Golden Knights have played against Colorado for the last two games of this series. You know, they're getting a taste of their own medicine right now, uh, essentially. Colorado's been used to just forechecking the shit out of their opponent, and Vegas has done the exact same thing to them uh, in the last two games of this series. Then they have all the momentum, and they have earned this 2-2 series. In fact, this could be 3-1 Vegas right now if overtime in game two ends up in a different way and the, and the overtime goal goes to the other side instead of Colorado, we could be talking 3-1 Golden Knights at this moment. So that's the question. Now, the good news for Colorado is they are 2-0 at home in this series, and they do have home ice advantage. And as long as they you know hold serve at, uh, well, they used to call it Pepsi. So I think it's Ball Arena now. They're calling it in uh, Denver. As long as they hold serve in their building, they're going to win this series. But they got to find their game again. And I don't know what's how they've lost it, but even the top line, 
you know, I saw a lot of skating, but not a lot of, you know, plays being made with the puck. The effort was like Nathan McKinnon was skating hard last night. I saw some effort from him. I don't think it's a lack of effort issue. I really don't. I think it's just a lack of we can get inside position in the offensive zone on these guys. We can't get a breath of space and time to make a play with the puck right now. That's the issue with Colorado. It's not a we're not trying hard enough. The effort's not good enough. We've got to try uh, to make plays with the puck, and we're not getting time to do that because Vegas is just on top of us. Each and every time there's a Colorado player with the puck, there is no time to do anything with it. That's the issue right now, and that's what's going to have to change moving forward for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Now, can home ice get them back on track? Very possibly, and I still think Colorado's A game can beat Vegas and will beat Vegas, but haven't seen the A game now for two going on almost three full hockey games and now we got a series on our hands, and now I'm not at all sure anymore, Alex, that Colorado uh, is going to win this series. What was your thoughts last night? Yeah, I mean, Golden Knights. it was disappointing, obviously. Like I said, you know, I had Colorado money line, had Colorado team total over. Uh, I thought those were looking good, especially with Brandon Saad scoring, you know, just under two minutes into the contest. I mean, the game, we're literally watching it in split screen with, you know, the the Habs and Jets on one side uh, before we get to, get to see the first goal for the Habs. And then all of a sudden, like you said, you know, Vegas started taking the physical game to them. And even more so, you look at Colorado, look at the shot charts last night after the game. Colorado, all their shots came from outside, you know, right at the top of the point, nothing in the slot, everything was outside of the circles. You know, basically, you know, allowing Vegas to take up the, the whatever space they wanted on the ice, uh, you know, at both end, ends. And that, like I said, that's just not uh, Colorado's, uh, you know, normal M.O. right now. And it's just it's just bizarre to see that break down over time in these last, you know, basically we say eight periods now of hockey where they've been dominated uh, by the Golden Knights. They're not playing physical enough and they're not getting in those dirty areas trying to get those, those goals. They're trying to get, you know, the cute and pretty goals. And we talk about that. This is not the time. Uh, for for fancy play, you gotta you know you gotta get dirty, you gotta get your hands dirty, and gotta play some gritty hockey, especially against a team like Vegas. You've seen this team all year long, uh, you know, playing in this Western Division. You played physical hockey against uh, you know, teams all year, the the Anaheim's, the San Jose's, the LA's, and Vegas. Uh, to to get bodied like this now and, and give up the the series lead, it's it's incredibly frustrating. And now we're talking about a Colorado team. Keep in mind, this is a team that has not made it past the second round of the playoffs in quite some time. So this collapse, I mean, this, you know, everything's tilting in the favor, uh, you know, history and current form uh, towards the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, it sure is. It's been stunning to see this turnaround in this series, especially after the way game one ended in particular. But yeah, if you're Colorado, I think having last line change will help because Chandler Stevenson and a couple of these Vegas forward lines have really done their done good work, yeoman's work on the top line of the avalanche. And obviously you're going to get a favorable matchup for the top line because you have last line change now back home. So that's something. Do we see McKinnon, Landeskog, and Ranton and get freed up a lot more? And do they get more time and space because they're going to have a more favorable line matchup in game five with the last change? Something to watch out for. And that maybe it could be something that benefits Colorado a bit. But obviously now they're the big time pressure in this series has swung to them. Very important for them to try to write this, get right the ship and get back on track in game five tomorrow night uh, in Denver. Uh, let's turn our attention to tonight. We've got two games. We'll start with the New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins game five East division final Boston minus 185 home favorites total five shaded to the over in this one two two series after the Islanders uh, took game four uh, on Saturday night four to one victory uh, Bruins looking to bounce back. And, you know, if, if the uh, pattern continues, 
they will bounce back tonight because it has been one of those series where it has been uh, losing team bounces back to win the next one. It's been one of those back and forth series. Uh, the Bruins, uh, really, you could tell that maybe that game wasn't going to go their way when you see David Posternock miss a wide open net like he did in game four. That's kind of a sign right there that this could have been a little bit difficult uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins to overcome a, a gigantic gargantuan miss like that. Uh, but nevertheless, the Islanders are doing what I expected them to do, not go away. Uh, they are a tough team. They're a, a resilient bunch, and they have shown that uh, here in this series. For the Boston Bruins, the, 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 the not only did they not finish the chances they got, uh, they did not shoot enough. That was something that was a theme in Bruce Cassidy's remarks after the game. You know, that Boston didn't shoot the puck enough. We turned down many good looks. The power play especially. Too many times we were uh, looking to make that pretty pass, that nice play across the, the seam, across the zone, rather than just getting a puck toward the net on Varlamov, forcing him to make a save, uh, and then looking for traffic and loose pucks and rebounds. So I think that is definitely going to be something that was emphasized. Boston probably will shoot the puck a lot more. There's a prop I like, over saves for Varlamov tonight. Either over shots on goal for Boston or over saves for Varlamov, whichever one you can find. Most books have it via saves uh, in terms of the props for the goalie. So that is what I would look at here. Uh, either team shots on goal uh, for Boston over the total or Varlamov number of saves for him in the game tonight over the total. Because look, this is absolutely a focus for Boston. Shoot the damn puck. As what well, That's exactly what Bruce Cassidy, not in those exact terms, but that was basically the gist of what he was trying to get through to his hockey team uh, after the uh, game four loss on Saturday night. So with that in mind, I'm going to stick with the over again tonight. Now, finally, we it's been one of those weird series too, in terms of totals from a side perspective, it's gone back and forth from a totals perspective. The two games in Boston went over the total two games in New York. Well, the one stayed under the, the, the game four pushed, but neither game went over the total uh, in long Island on Nassau Coliseum. So now we're back in Boston. I think, you know, the, the obviously the focus is try to find better scoring chances, shoot the puck more, try to generate more offense. And I think that will lead to this maybe being a bit more of a wider open game than maybe we saw in game four on Saturday night. And again, the two games in Boston so far in this series have gone over the total. So I like over five minus 120. Smaller bet, too, on the team total. At two and a half, minus, you got to lay a little price here, two and a half minus 160 with the Bruins team total. But I do like that one a little bit, as well as the full game over five minus 120. As far as the side goes, I like Boston to win the game, but I, the price is just not at all what I'm interested in in this range, minus 185. And if you want to take a shot with the Islanders to buck the trend of you know the team uh, teams exchanging wins in this series, I wouldn't talk you out of it, but I don't like betting the team that I don't think is going to win the game. I, I do think Boston is going to win, but just not value at that price for me to back the Bruins on the money line here. So I like the full game over and a smaller bet Bruin team total over two and a half minus 160 as well. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts here? Islanders Bruins. Yeah, well, you know, we've been calling it this whole series. It's had that zigzag pattern feel to it. And uh, I, I agree with you. I think Boston wins this game, but I'm not touching that high price for the side. And I don't even like this in regulation. I think this game actually could go into overtime. Uh, we've seen that often with these two clubs. I've seen it, you know, a couple of games ago and, in this series. So I'm taking a shot with a draw plus 300. Keep in mind, look for the regulation, the three-way regulation draw price, not the yes, no overtime prop. I see it one shop where uh, that prop is plus 245 for yes, where the draw is plus 300. So 
Uh, books are trying to confuse you and, and get you to go with the prop. Don't do that. Go with the regulation draw price. You're going to get a, a better number. But I like Boston win this 4-3, which means I'm also on the over. Uh, like I said, we've seen the last two meetings in Boston go over the total, uh, and you're laying a, a decent price for this five. Minus, I've, I've saw it as low as minus $1.15 at one point, but money's come back. So you're laying a $1.20, $1.25. That's not bad for uh, especially a Bruins team where their emphasis tonight is going to be shoot the puck early and often uh, and try to get shots on goal. First period over is a little bit scary for me. I'm not going to play that. I can see this one maybe being a one nothing game early, and then we see the pace pick up. Uh, but I'm expecting it to be 3-3 after 60 minutes, and I think Boston gets that extra one uh, in, the, in, the second, in the extra frame. So I'm going with the Bruins and the Islanders over 5.5 and, and also regulation draw plus 300. All right, there you go. Regulation draw plus 300 with the uh, Bruins and the Islanders and liking that full game uh, over the total uh, as well, uh, Alex, with the uh, Bruins and Islanders. And the second game tonight, do or die for the Jets. They take on the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal minus 150 home favorites, total five and a half, shaded to the under in this one. Um, this is a Montreal or pass spot for me, but here's the problem. I mean, this is now the biggest price Montreal has been as a favorite in the entire Stanley Cup playoffs. And they've even adjusted it after last night's game three win for the Montreal Canadiens. Like Montreal has been a dog most of the playoffs. They're finally a favorite last night, minus 120 to minus 130. And now there's been an adjustment because Montreal has got a chance to close it out and they've dominated Winnipeg and Winnipeg hasn't shown you anything. Uh, in this series so far. So you're laying a, a little bit of a tax now on Montreal, but I can't go again. I, I don't want Winnipeg. I'm done with Winnipeg right now until I see a better performance, and I'm not even sure we'll get it. And I want to see what this lineup is for the Jets. Because, look, I like Paul Maurice, but I'm going to be critical of him now. He's been reluctant to make changes, significant changes. This is a game that demands significant changes. If I see Pierre-Luc Dubois in the top six forward group, that's terrible coaching on his part, if that's the case. Terrible. And I hate to say that because I'm a Maurice guy. He's been one of my favorites in this league for years, if not decades, without good honesty is with the media and what he gives you. He gives you so much great info. Just listening to him. He gives you so much more in terms of things you could use as a better as well than most coaches give you. But he's got to get Pierre-Luc Dubois the hell out of a first or second line role right now. He's doing jack shit on the ice for you. He's not helping you. He's taking bad penalties like he did last night, selfish penalties, you know, to be honest with you. That's not a penalty you should be taking when you're down multiple goals in a game you have to have. That's just not good hockey by Pierre-Luc Dubois. Simple as that. So I want to see him out of there, but I don't think we will because the latest lineup combos for this game show that he's probably going to be right back there in a top six forward group. I want to see Billy Hainala in the lineup, a puck-moving defenseman. That's what you need right now. You can't break out of your own zone cleanly at all in this series, at all. You know, you're having trouble getting the rush started. And Billy Hainala is a blue liner that skates great, is a terrific first pass out of the zone, a great puck mover. He better be in that lineup tonight. I don't care about this entry-level contract. We're burning a year of his entry-level deal shit. Uh, because to me, this should be about trying to win games and salvage this series. You know, I think you owe it to everybody to try to do that. He's a guy that can help you. You can't tell me Billy Hainala, even at 20 years old, with the ability to move the puck the way he is, that's one of the strengths of his game as a defenseman. Can't tell me he can't impact this blue line more than freaking Jordy Ben has, you know, or, or some of these other guys that have done diddly uh, in this series, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so that change should be made. I would make it. The question is, I don't know if the coaching staff is going to make it because I think the GM Kevin Dayoff is hung up on the fact that if he plays tonight, 
and they win, he's going to have to play again in game six of this series, or sorry, game five, if they win game four tonight with Hainala in. And if you play him in game five as well, that's going to be the game where it takes a year off his uh, entry-level deal. And they're concerned about that because, look, I hate to say it, it's Winnipeg. It has a hard time attracting free agents. It has a hard time telling people, hey, come to Winnipeg, you know, play for the Jets here. And so what do they do? They got to pinch pennies. And pinching pennies includes we got to keep a guy on the entry-level deal for his, uh, for the full contract so that we don't get put in a financial burden of any kind. That's the way the teams like the Jets have to think. It's, it's cheaper, not cheaper organizations, but they have a harder time with the money situation. They have a harder time attracting free agents. That's as simple as that's the way it is right now for them. But uh, the only way I would even consider or entertain Winnipeg having a shot to extend this series, if I see some of these changes, I need to see Adam Lowry up above Pierre-Luc Dubois in the center ice position. Simple as that. Lowry's given me a great performance or effort night in and night out. PLD ain't doing that. Uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. So that's got to be a change. I put Hainala in on the blue line or someone that can move the puck. Uh, those are changes I've got to see. Uh, and even then, I probably wouldn't back Winnipeg, but at least I'd have a little bit more faith and confidence that maybe they can put in an effort worthy of trying to extend this series. So as of right now, uh, it would be Montreal or pass. I'm not betting the game I'm from a side perspective, at least not before the game starts. Uh, as far as the total goes, I, I lean over five and a half. I will have a small play on that at a plus price. The bet I like, you know what it is, playoff elimination game. We know what this means. This means third period overs. And I found it five times. I couldn't believe that. And it's unfortunate that, you know, the Americans aren't able to bet there anymore. But I found it. I couldn't believe it. My jaw dropped when I saw that, saw it this morning. Over one and a half, third period, minus 140 at five times. Like, that's as good as you're going to get anywhere. Unbelievable price. Uh, I had to jump on that right away. Obviously, it's a stronger bet if Montreal is leading the game going into the third period rather than Tide or Winnipeg leading, but got to take a chance and bet it at that price regardless. You're not going to get that very often. So over one and a half, minus 140, third period for me, Montreal, Winnipeg, and I believe playoff elimination game overs this year are now 10-3 and three, uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, they've done very well. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts here? Game four, Winnipeg, Montreal. Well, unfortunately, the at least three or four of the books that I use, I cannot get a second period or third period total uh, available. So books are protecting themselves now, knowing this is a trend in these elimination games. So that's unfortunate. And like I said, you know, uh, if you have an out where that's available, by all means, grab the third period over. I like that tonight. Uh, but I'll be looking to, to bet in game, basically. I, I have that plus 140 ticket uh, with the halves to finish off the sweep here. And like you said, this is a Jets club that they just seem just completely, uh, you know, flattened out. Uh, dare I say disinterested, you know, potentially if, if they go down early in this game, uh, it could be just as ugly as it was last night. I could definitely see uh, Montreal getting four or five on the board. So maybe look for an end game team total over uh, with the Habs if they start to get things rolling. But I just I just don't see where the Jets turn things around in, in 24 hours. Like you said, you know, the, the changes that uh, should be made, they just simply aren't doing. And, you know, I, I get what you're saying about with the defenseman, you know, not wanting to burn a year on, on his uh, his EL his ELD, I, and I, I totally understand that, and especially in this spot. It'd be one thing if this was t you had a chance to tie this up, you know, two two, going back home, or or you had a series lead, but that's not the case. You're, you're getting crushed right now. So go on and and do what's right for the future. You know, look at the big picture, and and save that man's contract for for next season. Uh, I think the Habs keep on rolling. Like I said, they've got all the momentum in the world right now, uh, and this would be big for them, especially now that the, that 
you know, their opponents in either Vegas or Colorado tied up 2 2. They, they got to beat each other up a couple more in this, you know, what's now become a best of three series. So, Montreal, it's imperative for them to get, get the series over with, finally get some rest after what has been a real strenuous run. Think about it. Like I said, they were down 3 1, had those big games to come back and win that series. And now running through, they've also had two back to backs in this stretch of, of, you know, would be 11 games. So they could use the rest. Uh, moving forward. So take care of business now, get the rest and get refocused and get ready for either the Avs or the Golden Knights. Yeah, exactly. I think we're finding more and more uh, these teams that are have a chance to eliminate the opponent are trying to do it the first try, you know, and having success doing it on the very first chance they get to knock somebody out. We'll see if Montreal can uh, keep it up here and finish off this series uh, in four straight uh, tonight in this one. And by the way, Paul Stastny, who returned to the Winnipeg lineup last night in game three, that was not 100% Paul Stastny. You could tell he's not fully there uh, health from a health standpoint. He's not at 100%. He's doing his best. He's gotten it out. He knows his team's in a, in a hole uh, you know, and needs all the help they can get. Um, but boy, that was not a 100% Paul Stastny, at least not what I saw uh, in that game last night. Uh, it looked like he was having trouble a little bit at times you know, find an inside position, moving around at times. So he's uh, give him credit, you know, for gutting it out. But to me, he didn't look 100% right last night for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So, yeah, just another issue for them. You know, and Mark Shifley probably not even going to get a snip now in this series uh, in all likelihood because now, remember, they got to get to game six. Winnipeg's got to win the next two, you know, back-to-back just to get Mark Shifley back into this series. So uh, it's looking very – unlikely that we'll see him at any point and uh this has got to be you must be thinking back to that jake evans hit and thinking man was it worth it now uh because boy oh boy uh this series has definitely gone off the rails quickly for the jets and obviously he has not been able to partake in any of it uh since that game one incident uh with him uh, and jake evans all right a uh, great analysis alex that is the uh, monday uh, nhl stanley cup playoffs card with the two games uh, we will get to best bets in just a second. Reminder, BetCast Thursday night for sure. With Colorado-Vegas guaranteed to have that game, uh, game six. Might also see Tampa-Carolina game six if the Hurricanes can win game five and stay alive. Uh, so Thursday, uh, coming up this week, June the 10th, uh, we will have our next Ice Guys BetCast. So make sure uh, you join us for that. And, and look, even if it's just the Vegas-Colorado game, what a game that could be with one of those teams facing elimination Thursday night. So definitely looking forward to that, our next BetCast on Thursday night. Uh, Before we get to best bets, a reminder, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball uh, on a daily basis. When you download the DraftKings app and sign up for an account, you'll get bet boosts, uh, weekly specials, weekly incentives, deposit bonuses, and more. Uh, lots going on right now with DraftKings, so make sure you download the DraftKings app, sign up for that account, and use the promo code THPN. All right, it is time for best bets for this Sunday, uh, or sorry, Monday uh, edition of the show. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you think here for best bet tonight? Yeah, I just want to make a note for everybody. If you haven't checked out the Ice Guys story yet at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Ice Guys, check it out tomorrow. 
uh, we're dropping a new coupon code and it'll be available for four days and we're doing it tomorrow because tomorrow's my birthday. So uh, I got that launched up and ready to roll. So uh, definitely check out the Ice Guy store if you haven't already. But my best bet for tonight is we're going to go with the Islanders and the Bruins. We're going to go. It's going to go in overtime. I, I get that feeling. This is definitely one of those just pivotal moments where we're going to see some good back and forth classic playoff hockey. Uh, I think the Bruins end up winning it. So if you like that, adjust accordingly. But uh, I like the Isles and B's regulation draw plus 300. That's my best bet tonight. All right, going for that big price, plus 300 regulation draw, uh, New York Islanders, Boston Bruins, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet is going to be the total in that same game, uh, New York Islanders, Boston Bruins, over 5, minus 120. Uh, I like that quite a bit. Boston's looking to be more aggressive offensively, shoot the puck on the power, shoot the puck in general, 5-on-5 five five as well, not turn up as many, not to uh, turn away, or uh, you know as many great scoring chances as they had the last game. So I expect uh, both of them and uh, to uh, be uh, assertive offensively. It's going to be very important in a game of this magnitude also to score the first goal. So I think there's going to be onus to try to get out in front with the lead early. Uh, New York Islanders, Boston Bruins, over 5, minus 120. Uh, that is my best bet for tonight. I also really like the Varlamov over saves prop or Boston Bruins over shots on goal prop, depending on the book. Again, some books have team shots on goal props, and others have uh, goalie saves props. But either way, I like both of those. Boston, you heard it from the coach's mouth, wants them to shoot the puck more. I think they shoot the puck more tonight. So definitely liking those props as well. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys for Monday, June 7th. Thanks to everyone in the chat for tuning in. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, you can download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. You can find it on all those platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.